welcome to the Spiritual and Empowerment Living with Tia podcast, a sacred place and resource for spiritually centered women who want to go from the mundane to the magical life for overcoming fear and doubt, reconnecting with the goddess, understanding messages from spirit, and uncovering your spiritual gifts so you can finally live the life you deserve. Hello there, spiritual trailblazer. I cannot wait to dive into this episode's topic. It's a long time coming and you will not be disappointed. I have here a very special guest, Dr. Kenya Brooke, who is going to help us understand the magic of CBD oil. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dr. Kenya is a licensed naturopathic doctor who graduated with a bachelor's degree of science and psychology magna cum laude and after nearly 10 years in the real world found naturopathic medicine through her mother's battle with breast cancer she received her doctorate in naturopathic medicine at southwest college of naturopathic medicine in tempe and arizona following medical school brooke established a private practice in both denver colorado and austin texas but also spent a year living, working, volunteering, and traveling through Thailand. Dr. Brooke has been working at Cancer Treatment Centers of America for nearly five years, specializing in oncology. Dr. Brooke is passionate about living and teaching a naturopathic lifestyle with a holistic approach to health, body, mind, and soul. She has a strong passion for cannabis as medicine and is both an advocate and educator in this realm. Additionally, she has her death doula certification and feels calls to work with people as they receive terminal diagnosis and approach death. Dr. Brooks' heart project and current work in progress is her company, Soul Sage, which will eventually offer education, retreats, community, and naturopathic support for optimal health and well-being as well as ideal living for those with chronic illnesses or terminal diagnosis. It's important to her that her soul be addressed in addition to the body and mind. Personally, Brooke is a certified yoga instructor, a green juice connoisseur, loves to travel and experience new cultures and enjoys time in nature with her toe rescue Thai dogs, Tashi and Lito. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Oh, I am so excited to have you here, Dr. Kenya. So we, we talked um, a little while ago, and I had reached out to you um, because I wanted to spread the knowledge about CBD oil and, and all in, in that whole realm. Yeah. Um, I uh, Just a, a backstory for those who are new to this podcast and new to me. So I have been uh, dealing with chronic pain for nearly two decades now uh, regarding my foot. Uh, I had a torn ligament, fracture bone, multiple surgeries. that had metal in my foot. And it seemed like nothing was really working over time. And I'm someone who is all about doing my due diligence. If I go to the doctor, that means that that's my last resort. And... Uh, I was learning about the benefits of cannabis and the benefits of CBD oil and Dr. Kenya will talk about the differences and things like that. And, but I was still a little bit nervous about that. Cause I was just like, wait a minute, there's the stigma. What's going on here. 
I tried the CBD oil and I was like, whoa, this is great. And I want an expert to talk about it. And here she is. <laughs> so that's the backstory. <laughs> All right. Glad that it was helpful for you. And you're not alone. I mean, most people are intrigued by it and they hear about it. I mean, right now CBD is everywhere, including in um, drugstores or convenience stores. And I don't necessarily recommend that you just get your CBD from anywhere, but so many people are drawn to it and interested in it but also there is that stigma of well this comes from cannabis and or marijuana as most people like to call it and it might be illegal and is it safe and is it going to make me high and so there's so many things that um so much misinformation out there um that i part of what my role i feel like in this lifetime really is to help educate people on cannabis because cannabis has amazing potential benefit, not only physiologically for our physical well-being, uh, but also I think for our souls and spirits and helping to just expand consciousness as well, um, which is something that I'm certainly interested in diving into at some point also. Um, so to start with really, you know, primarily I'll, I'll do my best to focus on CBD, but when we, when we look at cannabis as a plant, um, the thing that I find really interesting that most people are completely unaware of is that we actually have in our body a system called the endocannabinoid system. And basically, this was discovered in the early 1990s. It's still not being taught in most medical schools. Um, and so most people are really unaware of the fact that our bodies actually make chemicals that appear very similarly to THC and CBD and mm. other cannabinoids that come from the cannabis plant. Um, the responsibility of the endocannabinoid system in the body is for something called homeostasis, which is basically balancing of both the nervous system and the immune system. And so what we're starting to see, there's very little research in, in human studies with cannabis, mostly because of the um, legalities around that over time. Um, but we're starting to see more and more as the research is coming out that there are so many ways that this plant can actually help to benefit health. And they've even done some studies where they've taken blood samples from people um, who have, you know, maybe some chronic pain syndromes that we really don't know where they come from. What is the etiology of something like fibromyalgia? We, no one really knows why someone has fibromyalgia or where it comes from. But what we see in some of the research that's being done is that the blood in the people who have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia has far less endocannabinoids in the blood than mm. someone who doesn't. So we're thinking it's possible that some of these pain syndromes are actually just the body's deficiency in endocannabinoids. And so all that to say that you know, this is not just a plant to get you stoned or um, high. This is actually something that has true effect in the physical body. Um, so we have two chemicals that we make. One is called anandamide, which is the Sanskrit word for bliss. And this is the chemical that looks very similar to THC, which is the cannabinoid in cannabis that does cause the psychoactivity or the high. Um, and then we also have something called AG2, which is a different cannabinoid that we produce, which, um, you know, responds differently in the body. But both of these are really important for everything from pain to nervous system function. Um, there are, 
very anti-inflammatory. So anytime you're going to reduce inflammation, you're going to be reducing pain. Um, but they also have been shown to have strong anti-cancer benefits. Um, so there's so many potential uses for these cannabinoids. What most people also know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you, you're fine. I, I was just blocking out the, the background noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, so it's interesting because when we look at cannabis, um, there's actually over a hundred cannabinoids that have been discovered and we don't know a lot about many of them, but we obviously know a lot about THC. We know a lot about CBD, which stands for cannabidiol, but we're also starting to learn a lot more about things like CBG, which is cannabigerol and CBN. Um, and CBC. So there's lots of different cannabinoids and they all have similar but also different effects in the body. Um, and what we also find is that the plant seems to have a really synergistic way that it works. So when you look at things like CBD, CBD is legal right now in most, well, pretty much across the country. Um, CBD, technically, to be considered CBD, it has to come from a hemp plant as opposed to cannabis, and I'll explain the differences there in a minute. And it also has to have less than 0.3% of THC in it. Now, you're, you're able to get um, both CBD as an isolate and also CBD as a full spectrum. An isolate basically means that everything has been stripped from the plant except for the CBD. And so in that particular type of supplement um, or tincture, you're not gonna have any of the THC in it. But if you have a full spectrum, you're gonna be getting all of the cannabinoids, which will have primarily CBD, but then you'll also get that below 0.3% THC. And you're also getting something called terpenes. And the terpenes are the essential oil component of the plant. So terpenes have their own medicinal benefits in and of themselves. Um, things, some can be anti-inflammatory, some can be sedating, some can be energizing. You think of things like lavender, that a lot of people will use lavender essential oil to help relax them. It's an anxiolytic, it's calming to the nervous system. And it can also help to change brain waves into a sleep pattern. So a lot of people use that for sleep. So something like lavender as a terpene has its own benefit, but when it's combined with the cannabinoids, and it's not actually combined, it comes naturally in the cannabis plant, it creates something called the entourage effect, which basically means it amplifies the effect of the cannabinoids and makes them even more effective than they would be on their own. Um, and so when you're looking for something like a full spectrum CBD, that's when you're going to be getting all the cannabinoids, all the terpenes, as well as the other phytonutrients, um, things like chlorophyll, flavonoids, other things that are beneficial to our health in and of themselves. So it's extracted that then more like a regular herb would be in naturopathic medicine. And so what I think is very important is for people to understand that most of the research that's being done is on isolates. And so you're seeing requirements of really high doses of CBD, sometimes in the neighborhood of 600 milligrams of CBD to start to have an anti-inflammatory or an anti-pain effect. But when you use something that's full spectrum and has that entourage effect and has the terpenes and the other um, components of the plant and all the other cannabinoids, 
then you're usually able to get the same effect at a significantly lower dose. Um, and so I really recommend that people look for things that are full spectrum. The other thing to consider when we look at hemp versus cannabis is that hemp is the male component of the plant and um, cannabis is the female portion that creates more of the buds. And um, when you go say into a dispensary in a licensed state and you see all these different names, all these different types of cannabis, um, everything from wedding cake to um, blue dream to purple haze, like these are named based on their smell and on their color and often the effect that they have in the body. But those come from the terpenes. So what sets a, a cannabis plant apart from a different cannabis plant is that terpene component. Which terpenes are naturally showing up in the plant is going to affect um, more, than, more than just the CBD THC cannabinoid content. It's going to affect the way that using this plant is going to affect you based on those terpenes. So I think that's really fascinating. Now, hemp is actually a poor producer of cannabinoids. So it takes a lot of hemp to make a small bottle of even CBD. It makes more CBD than it does any other cannabinoid, but it's still going to take a lot of hemp to give you, say, a one ounce bottle of a CBD tincture. And so why that's important is that hemp is also what we call a bioremediator. This is the nature of it as a plant is that it absorbs toxins out of the soil. Something that is very interesting is it used to be required to grow hemp on all of our agricultural fields in this country uh, because the hemp would actually absorb the toxins out of the soil and that way all of the nutrients went into the produce that was being grown. And of course, in, when the war on drugs came and um, the Marijuana Tax Act and all of that happened, the hemp growing became illegal. Um, and now we see that many of our plants are starting to have less and less in the way of nutrients. And I think that um, it would behoove us probably to start growing hemp again on, on the agricultural fields. But if you're not getting an organic source of a hemp-based CBD, then you're likely getting a lot of highly concentrated toxins, herbicides, pesticides, and heavy metals. So not only is it important to look for a full spectrum to have the most effective medicine, it's also very important that you're getting an organic source. And so not all CBD is created equal. And what I have found, I've done a ton of research and I've looked and tried a lot of different products. Um, and it's very individualized. So you really have to make sure that what you're, what you're working with is pure and potent. Um, and if one type doesn't work for you, then try something else because usually it's the way it's been manufactured or um, where it's coming from that's gonna potentially affect its efficacy. So that's kind of some basics and some history on that. One of the other things that I also think is really interesting is when we talk about the stigma that you spoke of at the beginning, um, you know, this is actually a plant that in the early 1900s, almost every pharmaceutical contained some level of cannabis in it. Um, you can see, you can Google, and you can find pictures of tinctures and cough syrups and all sorts of things that were manufactured in New York City um, that have cannabis labeled on the front of them that were used for all sorts of things. Um, it wasn't until uh, 
I think it was in the 1950s, 40s, I forget now off the top of my head when they really started to kind of push back against this. In fact, the American Medical Association was against the Marijuana Tax Act because they were using this so much as a medicine, um, but it was too late, it was already happening and they began to tax cannabis at a really high rate. And then they decided to change the name of it to marijuana. And the reason that they did that was because at the time, um, Mary and Juan were the two most common Mexican names. And they wanted people to um, sort of have a, a, when they thought of cannabis, they wanted them to think of um, people that really were sub in comparison to the rest of society. So they were really trying to create a negative name and a negative connotation um, in a really um, bigotrist way, I suppose you could say. Um, so I personally try to always call it cannabis because that's really the true name of the plant and um, uh, wanna kind of stay true to the purity of what this plant can really do for us. And so that's kind of some of the history and the, the way that it works in the body. And I can go into some of the benefits that can come from it if you'd like me to, unless you have some questions before that. Yes, well, I, I wanted to say I learned a lot. I did not know that uh, Mary, marijuana was a combination of Mary and wine. That's mm -hmm. wow. But also uh, one thing I wanted to point out was that and, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pronounce this correctly, the endocannabinoid, cannabinoid, uh -huh. yeah. how that's, that's already, <laughs> I was just like, I was taking notes too. Um, so I like how you explained, hey, this is something that's already in our body. Yeah. And, and, we're, we're, and we have a low, I guess, count, if you will, of that in our body. And because of that, or, or one of the reasons why we have issues is because of this low count. One thing I love about debunking or just even to learn more about it is to get the background even if you know we don't get all the acronyms right away it's going down to our subconscious it's starting to register the seeds are being planted there and the best part about it is that you can always re-listen to this episode and do some of your own research you know by taking notes which is what i always um advocate for so i'm really grateful that you broke it down that way because one thing I want people to know is what this actually means. The, the background is so important. It probably is mo most important, if not, you know, um, you know, like number one. So yeah, that, that's what I wanted to say with uh, that. And I did not know that hemp was used to take toxins out of uh, the soil. Mm -hmm. um, I can, I think, and, and then you mentioned, um, when cannabis was pulled back. I think that was right around World War II. Cause I saw a documentary about it. I think it was like right around that time, something around there. But anyway, I, I didn't have a question. It's just more of a, a thank you and like a, a recap of what you were saying because that's very important. Even when you talked about the inflammation part, some people are allergic to certain medicines that help with inflammation. Absolutely. And the, and, Right. And then the other medicine they have to take over time can cause liver damage and other things. So it's really yeah. interesting to know that. And hopefully uh, more people can get access to this medication and, and we get to debunk more. So, but yeah, continue on about the health benefits. I just wanted to just say that. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that's interesting is with our endocannabinoid system, we have what's called CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors. And it sounds like this should be related to CBD, but it's really not. These are just cannabinoid receptors. And so the CB1 receptors are primarily in the brain and the central nervous system, which would basically include the spine um, or, you know, your, yeah, the spine. Um, that is going to be where THC as a cannabinoid tends to attach to more easily. And then you have CB2 receptors, which are more in the peripheral nervous system, which is going to be more in the hands and the feet and further out from the central nervous system, as well as in the gut and in the immune cells. And other cannabinoids tend to attach to the CB2 receptors. With CBD, it actually does not attach to either of those receptors very well. It actually relates to and works through lots of different biochemical pathways in the body. And I think that's part of why we see so many potential benefits with CBD. A lot of people start to hear me talk about it and they're like, oh, whatever, it's not a miracle drug. It's not a miracle plant. It's like a panacea, but it really sort of almost is. Um, not that it can fix everything, but because it relates to and interacts with so many different biochemical pathways, it has a ton of different effects in the body. One of the things that CBD can do um, that's a little bit different than the rest of the cannabinoids is that it's incredibly calming to the nervous system. And it has also been shown to be what we call neuroregenerating. And basically what that means is not only can it help to sort of heal nerves, but it can help to regrow nerves. And we used to think that that was only really possible when we were in utero. And now we're seeing that with CBD. And so it can work very well for nerve-related pain, for neuropathy, the numbness and tingling in the fingers and toes that often comes from things like diabetes, um, also from a lot of chemotherapeutic agents. But anything that's related to nerves from a perspective of either nerve pain or just nerve, nervous system, um, anxiety, PTSD, these are all things that can really be remedied nicely and supported with the addition of CBD because it is so balancing and calming to the nervous system. When we look at all of the cannabinoids, whether it's THC, CBD, CBG, these are all anti-inflammatory. So they all tend to help with various types of aches and pains. Anytime we decrease inflammation in the body, it helps with pain, but it really helps to decrease the potential of any disease state because inflammation often leads to more damage to tissue and more potential for disease. Um, and then we're also seeing in a lot of the studies, again, a lot of these are in animal models or in Petri dishes because there has been a, a limit on how much research could be done in humans. Um, but we are also seeing that all of these cannabinoids seem to have some anti-cancer benefits as well and help to, to kill cancer cells. THC was shown first with lung cancer cell lines. CBD has been shown with breast cancer cell lines. CBG is another one that has some pretty strong anti-cancer potential as well. So I think that we're going to start seeing more and more research come out and more and more people using these um, with benefit for a lot of things. I find that um, 
when you're using something like CBD, really it's a, it's a building effect. So you typically start with a really low dose and then you slowly titrate up because what someone needs is going to be very different than the next person. This is such an individualized mm -hmm. medicine in part because of likely whether we're making enough of our own endocannabinoids or not, but it really is not dependent on age or body size or weight. It's, it's all very dependent on what you in your internal system need. And so I typically have people start with a relatively low dose, maybe six milligrams twice a day of CBD. And then after four or five days, you just slowly increase by, you know, maybe six milligrams per dose, just slowly but surely increasing until you start to find the sweet spot for you. And then that becomes more of the maintenance dose. And also depending on what you're using it for, um, you know, if someone has pain externally or on the nerves or in the joints, it can be really beneficial to use CBD or other cannabinoids internally for the whole system, but then also to add to that um, a topical in the area where you have that pain um, or discomfort that can then give direct route access to the nerves or to the joint for that anti-inflammatory or anti-pain component. The other thing too is that um, the route of administration is important as well. You know, you can find edibles, you can find, um, you can even smoke CBD plant, hemp plant that doesn't have THC in it. You can use tinctures that would ideally go under the tongue. And then there's also a lot of things that are now encapsulated. With CBD, really all the cannabinoids, but your your greatest and fastest route of absorption is through an inhalation, but a lot of people don't want to do that. It's harder to titrate that way. Um, and then, you know, you have the, the actual smoking aspect that a lot of people don't like. The next um, fastest or greatest absorption route would be under the tongue sublingually. And so that's where you're finding most of your tinctures. Um, ideally, your tincture is something that you can put under your tongue, let it sit there for a minute or so before you swallow. If you have a fat-containing meal around the same time that you're ingesting your CBD, that can also support the absorption because it is a fat-soluble. Um, all of the cannabinoids are fat-soluble. Then the third I guess, route of administration from a perspective of absorption rate would be anything through the digestive system. So whether that be an edible or taking a, an encapsulated form of CBD, it's going to take a lot longer for that to kick in and get into the bloodstream, but you're also not going to absorb nearly as much of it. So what that means is when you're figuring out your dosing, if you're taking a pill and you're swallowing it, you're likely going to need a higher dose of the CBD just because your body's not going to absorb as much of it and put it into the bloodstream mm. as it might if you put it under the tongue. Got it. I was going to ask you if there was a touch you can take to figure out your levels before you get CBD. There is not. Not at this point, mm. anyway. Hopefully that's something that we end up with down the road. Um, but we do not have that currently. And really with CBD, you know, because it affects so many different parts of the body, 
you know, I'm not even sure. You know, we have the, the, the 2-AG and the anandamide are the two cannabinoids that we make internally that we've discovered. Neither of them really act just like CBD. So perhaps we just haven't discovered the cannabinoid that we make that's similar to CBD. Um, mm. But who knows? M maybe that's coming down the road. <laughs> What I yeah. think is interesting is that um, what, what we do know about it, uh, you know, when THC was first discovered, when the endocannabinoid system was first discovered, all of this research has actually been funded by the United States, um, but it has been funded outside of our country. So a lot of this was discovered in Israel, but the U.S. was actually paying for the research. So I find that to be quite fascinating. Yeah, that is fascinating. And I, and you, you answered the questions that I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was going to ask you about how often someone should take it and, and, and the different ways. So that's what I do. I actually uh, had the little droplets I put on my tongue because I actually have some nerve issues with my foot and leg. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's very calming, so helpful. And uh, it's, it's so funny because when you were just saying, you know, the different ways you can take it, I like that there's a choice because sometimes people want to go all in and like, I got to do it this way. And you can, you can mix it up to whatever works best for you. Exactly. Sometimes people try something. Yeah. Sometimes they try something and they only known it to be one way and they say, Oh, it doesn't work. And you just said, you know, especially if you're just starting out, you're going to need a higher dosage. When I have seen, and, and I've done a lot of research, is basically, oh, yeah, try CBD. It helps with, you know, anxiety and, you know, a couple other things. But there's not a, a actual, uh, uh, like, like, blueprint to say, hey, your first time, you may want to do a little bit higher doses. You should really go see a professional and not just someone who tried it and, like, hey, you should try this because of your body makeup. You, you should really get to know your body and talk to someone who is knowledgeable in that field. Because as you said earlier, what may work for one person may not work for another. You just really got to figure that out. Absolutely. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, there's so many things to what I have found with my patients um, is that they'll start using it for one thing and then they'll come to me and say, oh my gosh, it also helped this. So mm. I have seen, um, you know, there's a very strong affinity in the, in the digestive system, especially with CBD. So a lot of people who have inflammatory conditions like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, it can be calming to the inflammation in the digestive tract. Um, and that we're seeing quite a bit of research specifically with Crohn's and CBD. I actually have um, a client who started using CBD and then for Crohn's disease. And she went back to her doctor who had wanted to put her on some pretty strong meds. A lot of what they use for things like uh, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease um, and even things like rheumatoid arthritis and other um, autoimmune conditions are chemotherapeutic agents, which are very hard on the body and very depleting mm -hmm. the immune system. And they, her doctor really wanted to put her on this. And she's like, just let me try one more thing, one more thing. And she started with the CBD and she was on it for a while and she was becoming um, asymptomatic. She wasn't having all these flares and all this pain and discomfort. And when she went in for her next 
scan or testing that they were going to do for her, the doctor came to her and was like, what are you doing? Not only has it not progressed, it's actually getting better. And I'm having a hard time even finding the location of where the Crohn's was in your intestinal tract. And that was just from using it consistently. So again, the longer you use it, the more it's going to have a building effect in the, in the body also. I've had patients who were using it to decrease inflammation in areas where, say, they had had radiation damage from, um, from, from radiation treatment with cancer, and it's helping to decrease inflammation and help with pain. But then as a side note, it helped with things like incontinence, um, where they had had the radiation, it had created some damage to the urethra, and then there was some incontinence there. It's just very supporting of the, the body to heal itself. Like we talked about, it's, it has an affinity for the immune system. It has an affinity for the nervous system. Um, and so it, it can be used for physical. It can be used for the mental emotional. It can, it's been shown to help decrease trauma memories. Um, CBD in and of itself has actually been shown when you have a traumatic brain injury, whether that be a stroke or a concussion or something like that. If you use CBD immediately following the damage that's done to the brain by that incident is significantly reduced because it's very anti-inflammatory again to the brain. So there's just so many potential benefits that we see. Um, I think the more we study it and the more people try it for different things, the more we're going to realize that it can be used for a lot. Um, and so what I encourage people to do when they start using CBD, a lot of times they have one particular reason that they want to use it is to obviously write down what that is and maybe rate it on a scale of one to 10 of the severity and the frequency and just kind of keeping a log. But also at the same time, log what your mood is like, what your sleep is like, um, you know, any other mental, emotional or physical symptoms that you feel like you're having. And after you've been on the CBD for a little while, go back and re-rate all of those things. And that way you're kind of able to see how it's affecting you where you realize, wow, I wasn't even really thinking about using this for sleep, but my sleep is much deeper. When I started using CBD the very first time, I was wearing a Fitbit and I slept good, you know, good, normal six to eight hours of sleep, never really been much of an insomniac. But what I found was using CBD, I could see that my deep sleep, my restorative sleep was enhanced. So I wasn't sleeping any longer. I was just getting a more restorative sleep when using CBD. So there's a lot of things that kind of come along as a bonus, even if that's not what you're using it for. That is wonderful. It seems like it's really bringing our bodies back to its natural state, the way it's supposed to be yes. uh, when, we, when we use that. And so was there ever a time where you, you were working with someone and they had uh, a little bit of hesitation because of the stigma? It, was there a way that you just eased their mind? Like, I know we talked about the benefits and things like that, but was there a, um, like a, a, a psychological portion to it where you just explained like, it, it's, it's okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely have people when I first start to mention it who look at me like I might be a little bit crazy or why am I seeing a <laughs> yeah. naturopathic doctor if she's going to be telling me I should be using cannabis. Um, I mean, my personal feeling is that the other cannabinoids, THC, CBG, all of these. In fact, the thing that's also very interesting is THCA and CBDA, which are the acid component of the plant. Until... So basically, naturally, it comes in the plant as THCA and CBDA, which is the acid. Once you heat it or decarboxylate it, it turns that into THC and CBD. And so whether you're smoking it, that's going to decarboxylate it, or whether you're using heat to extract it into an extract, that's going to decarboxylate it. But we're even seeing now that THCA and CBDA um, in very minute amounts is a highly anti-inflammatory and helping a lot with pain. I'm talking about taking a tiny little piece of bud and putting it in some hot water and steeping it like a tea and drinking that eight ounces of water with a little tiny bit of the bud in it and then eating that bud. And just that amount of the THCA and CBDA has had major effects for people with pain syndromes and a lot of inflammation. Um, so I think for me, the destigmatizing and when I see the fear in people's eyes, or I've had people who are just absolutely, I say the word CBD and they are like, absolutely not. And in that situation, then I just step back from it. But usually people are willing to let me explain like I did earlier about the fact that we do have our own endocannabinoid system and that we make these mm -hmm. types of chemicals in our body. I think that right there is the biggest way for people to um, have this sense of ease that, well, if my body is making something like this, then it can't be all mm -hmm. that bad. And right. it's, it's, a, it's a paradigm shift. Um, and it's because of the stigma and how much that's been placed into the minds of, of humanity, but certainly our society. And one of the other things that I will often use to kind of explain it to people is that cannabis is considered a schedule one drug. Um, CBD, I believe, has now been removed off of that. But for a long time, it was still part of cannabis. And for a schedule one drug to be considered schedule one, it has to meet two qualifications. Number one, it can have no medicinal benefit. And number two, it must have a high propensity for um, dependence. And so schedule one drugs are 100% illegal. And the thing that is very fascinating about cannabis specifically is that number one, it has no um, propensity for dependence. Now you can become habitually dependent on it. You can want to use it. You can like using it but the body does not become dependent and does not go through mm. withdrawal when you stop using it. And number two, we clearly have talked about lots of potential medicinal benefits with the plant, but the US government holds two patents on the medicinal benefit of cannabis. Mm -hmm. So right there, they are sort of um, really creating, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. They say that you, that it has no medicinal benefits, therefore it must be schedule one. And now all of a sudden they're holding a patent for two medicinal benefits of the same plant. So um, it's really just like a false classification as a schedule one drug. And so that often helps people to, to become a little bit more comfortable with the consideration. And then once they try it and they see the benefit, then they're the ones that are um, 
telling their friends to call me or telling their friends to start using it because they can't believe the, the potential support that it's provided for them. Wow. So it, it sounds like it can also be a preventive uh, medicine. So I, I, I can take it even if I don't physically see anything wrong with me. So like a, uh, like a heads up or not a heads up, but just like a, a preventive, like I was saying, like a way to just be on top of what's going on in my, in my body. Absolutely. Just, just from the anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer perspective, I mean, we all have cancer cells in our body. So it's a matter of whether or not the immune system is able to take care of them and manage them. And because this is so modulating to the immune system, that can be helpful from that perspective. Um, it's calming to the nervous system. So anytime we're decreasing stress and anxiety, that's going to be beneficial for our long-term health. It's also often used as a bit of an anti-aging um, agent too. So anytime that we're able to create that balance and that homeostasis in the body, that's going to help with prevention and um, just optimal health and well-being and vitality for sure. I have a lot of people who feel more energy when they're on CBD. And I think that's probably just because there's less inflammation and less that their immune system mm -hmm. is having to fight against. And so they just have more energy for their daily life as well. Wow. And I didn't know that we all have cancer cells in our body. That's, yes. that is news to me. Wow. So yeah, this is something that we really should be looking into for preventive measures. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you talked about um, using it in, in like, like a tea form, you boil it, you talked about putting it under the tongue. Can this also be put in coffee and, and regular food? I'm just trying to understand how many ways we can use this because I know that people like it as simple as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering, are there other ways we can use this in our day-to-day -day activities? Yeah, you know, you're seeing now a lot on the market CBD infused um, beverages, there's waters with CBD in it, there's a, a local coffee shop that I um, used to go down to that always would add CBD to the coffee and, you know, I... My preference for people, for most people, if you can tolerate it sublingually under the tongue, I feel like that's the best route of administration. You're going to get most of it absorbed. It's only going to take about 20 minutes for you to start to feel the effect as opposed to if you swallow something, it might be an hour. Um, but you certainly could use it that way. And, um, you know, I don't, there's, there's, products topically with CBD, there's face products, things like that. You know, I don't know how great all of the absorption is. I don't think that that's been studied in all these different routes quite as well as um, I might like for it to have been. But, um, you know, including it in things, I, I'm, as I mentioned, or you mentioned in my bio, I'm a huge green connoisseur. I make green juices all the time. And when I first found out about THCA and CBDA, um, these are, again, the ones that don't require the heating and the, the carbox decarboxylation process. There were a lot of people who were just juicing the leaves from a cannabis or hemp plant, not even the bud that has the higher levels of the cannabinoids. And in that, they're getting mm. the CBDA and the THCA. And I thought, well, gosh, why don't I just start a juice company and throw some yeah. <laughs> hemp leaves in there? And then we've got some CBDA and, and, and THCA. I don't know how stable that is. And so it is nice to just mm -hmm. take a little bit of the bud if you can in, in a legal state, or you can do the same thing with just some CBD um, bud. 
putting just literally like not even a dime size in uh, a cup of hot water and letting it steep for a few minutes, that right there may give you some, some strong benefit from a pain perspective. So it, it may not take much at all. Um, but I think that it's one of those things that you just have to kind of play around with it a little bit and what works for you. And I do also encourage people, if you're using this for something um, more than just, you know, general wellness and anti-aging, if you're really wanting a particular effect, if you can find a practitioner who can guide you a little bit more on dosing, route of administration, when to dose, um, that can often be helpful. But just knowing that the longer you use something like this, the more effective ultimately it's going to be because with anything natural, it's going to take some time for it to build up in the system and start to have that greatest effect. Um, different than the drugs that you talked about before where they come in, you know, guns blazing, but then they also do some damage to some of the other tissue like the liver. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So we talked about this in, in a previous conversation before we, we um, started recording, fake CBD and how people are, you know, selling it. And, and we talked about how we can possibly spot what's fake and what's not. And, and I know you talked about going to a professional is the best way, but how, how can someone spot that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's you really have to do your due diligence and your research because there have actually been some companies that have been pulled off of the market, including one that was pulled off of Amazon. So even just trusting something like Amazon isn't good enough. And the reason that they were pulled off, they actually did contain CBD, but they also had really high levels of toxins in them. So mm. my, my first thing that I tell people is number one, look for organic. If it's not organic, then you absolutely do not want it. Number two, make sure that it's full spectrum. Ideally, if you can find a CBD that comes from a cannabis plant as opposed to a hemp plant, it still falls under the hemp classification because it has less than 0.3% THC in it, but you get more of the other cannabinoids that way and the terpenes. And it tends to be, in my opinion, a little bit more of an effective medicine because you do have the entourage effect and all of those other cannabinoids that have their medicinal benefits as well. Um, so, I mean, I can certainly share with you, there's a company in particular, I've done a lot of research and um, I had a lot of patients who came in using all sorts of different CBD products and some were working for them and some were not. And so I took it upon myself to really start to dive in and figure out what I might recommend um, so that I could sort of stand behind it and know what to expect with my patients. And so there's a company that I promote um, called Flower Child CBD, and um, you can get access to their products online through successwithcbd.com. They also have CBG, which again is that cannabigerol. And I tend to see that working better with pain that's not as well covered by the CBD. So things that are not as much of a nerve pain, sometimes the deeper pains um, CBG can be very helpful for. CBG is also very good with focusing the brain. So um, some autistic children have become uh, verbal after being nonverbal with CBG. Um, it's very good for things like autism, ADD, ADHD, and even depression. 
And CBG also has a very strong antimicrobial benefit with an affinity for the skin. And so they actually just put out a CBG hand sanitizer that also has some lavender and tea tree oil in it, which tea tree oil is also antimicrobial, which is fabulous. It's in a spray bottle, so you can spray it on your hands or spray it on your face, mm -hmm. spray it on your shoes, and it smells amazing. Um, so... The, the part of why I really promote them and like them is because they, um, they are a little bit on the cutting edge here and they are looking for opportunity to bring other cannabinoids into the market. So they have CBD, CBG, and combinations of the two so that you can use them both as a tincture and as saps and things like that as well. Um, so again, that website is successwithcbd.com. But I think if you are... Um, you know, this is, this is my perspective. When I look at a CBD, if I can look at the inside, if I can see the actual oil itself and it's dark in color, kind of a brownish color, um, then I trust that that tends to be a little bit of a more potent, stronger CBD, as opposed to a lot of them that you'll see that are really clear. And when they're clear like that, for me, that indicates that more of the plant material itself has been extracted out. Um, now, if you have a 350 milligram tincture of CBD, it's going to be lighter in color than, say, a 1400 milligram tincture of CBD, just because it's the same size bottle and you've got, you know, three or four times the amount of CBD in the same size bottle. But um, I just think that that often has has been an indicator for me as to a potent medicine versus something that maybe not as strong as you might have thought. The other thing that you can do is ask for what's called a certificate of analysis. Um, and this is a third party testing. Not everyone does this. Um, but what they do is they send out their product to a lab that tests it, not only for the purity of it, they're testing for things like heavy metals and herbicides and pesticides, but they're also testing for the cannabinoid component so that you know that this particular product has the CBD and then all the other cannabinoids in the amount that they indicate on the label that they do. And even some of them will test the terpenes as well. Um, that can start to get expensive, so they don't necessarily test that for every single batch, but a lot of companies will test the cannabinoid content and the purity um, of each batch so that you know that you can kind of hang your hat on that and trust that. Nice. Yes. That I know will ease a lot of people's mind. So for me, when, when I first used the CBD, again, it was just the oil that I put a couple of droplets on my tongue. I felt very calm. Yeah. So for, for people who are trying it the first time should they try it at home because I, I was calm but would that maybe make another person fall asleep not typically now I have had one or two people who are just highly sensitive and they feel like they're tired my personal opinion is that it's it's not actually sedation that they're feeling it's just a calming of their nervous system and they're so not used to that that it makes them feel tired because the body's actually ah. relaxing um, CBD is very calming to the nervous system, but it is not a sedative. So I don't always think of it as something that's going to make you sleep. I do think that it helps with the quality of sleep. 
For mm. some people, CBD is a little bit more energizing for them. And so they find that it actually disrupts their sleep if they use it right before bed. Um, what I normally recommend is that people start at night before bed, just because for most people it is calming. Um, and, but I, I do think twice a day is a good way to use it so that it's kind of in the system throughout the day. So a morning dose and then an evening dose and then slowly titrating up every four or five days, just increasing that dose a little bit more, a little bit more until you notice those benefits. Um, but I do expect the CBD to be calming, but not necessarily sedating. Now CBN which is a different cannabinoid, we're slowly but surely starting to see some products come out on the market with CBN in it. CBN actually comes from old cannabis. Um, it actually has to kind of be out. And a lot of times you'll find it from the Caribbean countries because it's since been out in the sun and uh, in the heat for so long that it denatures it and turns it into CBN. And CBN is very sedating. So a lot of people who have access to that in some of the more licensed states will use that for sleep and CBD for anxiety. Got it. Awesome. Yeah, because it was just such a relief. I just remember feeling like, huh, finally, <laughs> it was just like, yeah. a yes, okay. You know, one of um, the things, um, I have a CBD inhaler that I, uh, that flower child used to have, which I love, and they don't carry that anymore. But the very first time that I ever used it, and then I sat down and I realized it was like my body was able to just exhale. It was like this mm. deep sigh, but, but not just from my lungs. It was like my whole body just sort of sunk a little bit into the seat, just feeling like, oh, yes, this is what we needed. And I mean, <laughs> right, finally. <laughs> yeah, it's really amazing. And that's one other thing that I would highly encourage people. If you are looking to try something like this, don't just throw it in your mouth while you're you know, running out the door to go pick the kids up and run your errands. Make it a little bit of a, a mindful, um, especially the first few times that you use it, almost a little bit of a ceremony around it, like creating a little bit of a sacred space for yourself, holding the bottle, setting some kind of an intention of what you're hoping that this is going to do, and then taking it in, allowing it to absorb under the tongue, and then give yourself a couple of minutes to just sit and breathe, and then reassess how you're feeling after three to five minutes, um, you know, do you notice that difference? Do you notice that you're able to breathe a little better, that you're feeling a little happier, that you're feeling a little calmer? Um, because I think sometimes when we mindlessly ingest things, they don't necessarily have the same effect as if we really set that intention and um, support it on an energetic level as opposed to just on a physiological level. Right, right. Yes, because I can tell you, it definitely was like a sigh of relief, just mm -hmm. finally very calming, yes. And I'm glad that I personally got over that hump of the stigma. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, it, it's just, I'm all about getting educated, getting educated, getting educated, because I just feel like the more you're, you are educated about something, the less someone else can tell you about it. So if someone does want to take CBD, and another person comes along and tries to uh, tell them, oh, that's hard, well, that's wrong. They have enough knowledge to say, no, 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 
it's not wrong. And here's why, because I listen to Tia and Dr. Kenneth. <laughs> and this is why. So, so this is, this is why, um, I, I, I'm so grateful that you're doing this because this knowledge needs to be spread mm. and, it's, it's becoming a little bit of a trend in certain areas. Like I, I would see it on Instagram a little bit, um, but it, it's, it's there without the knowledge. And it may look cute to, you know, say, oh, I'm taking CBD, but there is a lot of benefits for, for us. And if we just make the time to learn about it, like you said, when you consciously ingest it, when you consciously take the CBD, give yourself a couple of minutes it works even more as opposed to just taking it and running out the door so yeah. you, you use this time to you know hit, hit the rewind button take some notes do more research go to uh and i'll put the the link in in the description i wrote down uh successwithcbd.com yeah you know, go to these spots where there are professionals for you who can answer your questions that's why i asked dr kenna hey what's what's it like for someone or, or typically, what's it like for someone when they take it the first time? You know, so you're not tired. You're just finally relaxed. <laughs> That's right. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, take, take this and, okay, do, do the, the self-reflection, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, make some notes, see how you feel before and afterwards, and, and take note of your entire body. Because, you know, I was taking it because I didn't want to take pain medications for my body because it's fine now. But five, 10 years from now, I don't want to be on dialysis because of liver issues. So, you know, taking the, the CBD was helpful for me, but it also helped with my nerves. And I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about my nerves. I just wanted to stop the pain. Yeah. <laughs> so it helped with my nerves. It calmed me down. Okay. So really look at it a, a, as a whole thing, not just, you know, for one thing, which you can look at it that way, but there are just so many more benefits. That's right. That's exactly right. And, you know, I, I would, my website is not up and active at the moment, um, but you can go to soulsage.com and enter your email address. And, and when that does go live, um, you'll get a message. But if people have questions or if they want guidance, I mean, I do offer um, virtual consultations on um, how you might dose and what cannabinoids you might want to use and things like that. And so if someone is interested in that, um, they can just directly email me as well. And that email address is drkennabrook at soulsage.com. It's just D-R-K-E-N-N-A-B-R-O-O-K-E at soulsage.com. And so that's also an option if people are feeling like, I really want to try it, but I still just don't feel like I know what to do or what steps to take or where to start um, or even which products to choose because there are more and more out there, even amongst flower child, you know, there's a lot of different concentrations. There's a lot of different combinations. And so um, I, it's really important to me that people feel empowered and able to kind of take their health into their own hands and feel as vital and um, optimal as, as is possible. And, and like I said, I also think that this medicine is, is here not just to support our physical well-being, but our mental, emotional, and really ultimately spiritual as well. And so um, the more I can kind of get the message out for cannabis, the more I'd like to. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I am all about it. Like I said, especially when I learned, and I have to practice saying this, I wrote it down phonetically, 
endocannabinoid. Yeah. I will practice but that. No, listen, I will practice people, that. No one can say it. It is, it is so <laughs> funny. I love it. It's almost, you need a meme or something uh, because everyone says it so, so differently, but yeah, endocannabinoid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you add my Philly accent on top of it. So <laughs> it just adds on. But yeah, I, I just, I think this is so great. Nothing I know. This is great. Uh, that the knowledge here is definitely going to be beneficial for generations to come. And I feel like now that uh, CBD is getting its due um, time, I guess now, you know, hemp, cannabis, all, all that, you know, the knowledge is finally being more upfront. I feel like it, it's been waves in the previous years, but I feel like now it's going to be here to stay because of the direct person to person knowledge like now we have instagram we have all our social media that yeah. we can spread this knowledge we have our blog we have podcasts now so people don't have to get their knowledge from the media or just like one circuit we have direct doctor to podcast right here giving you the information so i think with that uh more and more people will vouch for its benefits and and the fact that it's a natural prop property is a plant i think more and more people would say hey look you know, some, some of these laws, some of these uh, thought processes, it has to change because we have proof of how it works. And the side effect is you, you get healthier. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, well, know, and, you um, know, to speak to that just briefly, there is a medication called Marinol or Dronabinol. That's the uh, generic name. And this is a synthetic form of THC. And it is, um, you can write scripts for this if you have a patient who has cancer and has a very poor appetite and is what we call cachexic, where they just can't eat and they're losing a ton of weight, or for people with AIDS. That's basically what it is um, approved for. And what I find is that a lot of my patients who have been prescribed this medication, it doesn't work very well for them. And also when they take it, because it is THC, and they take it through the um, digestive tract because it's a pill. When THC goes through the liver, which it does when you um, take something through the digestion, first it goes to the liver. The liver creates a more psychoactive metabolite. So the THC becomes even more psychoactive when you swallow it. And so these patients find that it doesn't really help with their appetite and they feel totally stoned. And then I'll have some who will say, but my son brought over, you know, a little bit of actual cannabis or a family member or a person down the street, or I got a gummy or whatever the situation is, the pure stuff that came from the actual plant, however they ingested it worked for them. And now all of a sudden they had the appetite and they weren't as stoned and they actually felt kind of happy. So I just think that most of our medicines in the world were originated in nature and then we have found mm -hmm. a way to make it into a chemical and patent it and make money off of it. But it often doesn't work as effectively because you're missing those synergistic relationships between all the components of the plant, just like we talked about with isolate versus full spectrum being more effective when you've got every component of the plant working together. Um, we think that we're so smart as humans, but when we take things out of their natural environment and try to isolate it and make it more potent and powerful, it doesn't always have the mm -hmm. effect. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. If it ain't fixed, or how does it go? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's exactly <laughs> there you go. Mother Nature knows much better than we do. That's for damn sure. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Any final words? I'm just really grateful for this opportunity. And if you have any inkling, any kind of attraction or desire or thought to try cannabis or CBD for some health condition, I highly encourage you to consider it. I do think it's important that you do the research, that you know what you're getting, um, that you're using a pure and potent product, but there's so much potential that this plant has to offer. And I really feel that she wants to support our health and our evolution as a, as a species. And so by all means, learn what you need to learn, but give her a try. Amen to that. <laughs> all right, everyone. I am sending you so many blessings. I am rooting for you as always. Be kind to yourself. And I'll see you in the next podcast. As always, Spiritual Trailblazer, thank you for tuning in. Do make sure to stop by and visit me at tiamariejohnson.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Last but not least, be kind to yourself. I'm rooting for you. And I'm sending you so many blessings. Until next time.